0: All right, we're two, three games into this regular season already. We've already had a fifty-point game. We've already had a forty-nine-point game from Luca. The defending champions are looking like defending champions. Um, for y'all that don't know, who didn't, you know, of course, we just got done doing the Off Ball Network's top fifty list for the season, and you know, everybody at the network had to submit their top fifty. We submitted our top fifty. If you've been seeing K, first we wanted to put K in the top thirty. I didn't necessarily argue against him. It was just, you know, he only played 12 games last year. But we probably should have went ahead and put him in the top 30 anyway. But with that being said, I'm John W. Fresh X. And we are the Hoopers. So, I don't have any early season take questions to ask because it's only been like three games for most teams. But we see Zach Levine got a 51-point game, zero assists, and a loss to Detroit, who Detroit looks like the team that, the young team that everybody is skipping over for whatever reason because you see OKC. You see Orlando, you see San Antonio for what they could be having Victor, you know, as number one pick. Is Detroit maybe not getting enough good good thoughts passed towards their way because, you know, they just, as of now, they could just be the fun NBA TV team to watch when we really should be looking at them as maybe a play-in, low-seed playoff team?
1: Like I said, it's just right. first couple yeah. of games yeah. in the just season. Just a couple games like, in. I think Detroit, like, they were a lot of people's sexy pick last year for a potential play-in. I ended. was one of those. But it probably was a year too soon. While this year is more valid, first with the coach change, and you got Monty Williams in there who I think has the most wins in the NBA the last five years as a coach. If he doesn't have the most, he has the second most. He's definitely in the top two. Um, and – Everyone always raised about it, like just the type of coach and leader he is. He probably shouldn't have been fired in Phoenix, honestly. But new people come in; they want to make their own decisions. Blah blah blah. That's how that goes. Um, but I honestly didn't think they should have let him go. Um, but you bring him in, and even though it's a young team, you know he's going to hold them accountable for playing the correct way and um, playing with discipline and playing hard and honestly trying to win too. And then you have players on those teams where, you know how I am, you know, Cade was the number one pick. And um, I I definitely debated having him in the top 30 just off his his talent and what he could do. But obviously I didn't want to be a hypocrite, and I always say, you know, we got to see what they could do. He was hurt a lot his rookie year. He was hurt last year. He got to play a whole season. Um, But Cade is one of those players that impacts winning. He knows how to get his people involved. Uh, he helps defend, and we're really seeing the bucket that he could be as far as scoring. Um, but with Cade there, I feel like that allows everyone to just play their best role. Like, with Cade out, you're going to have Ivy handling the ball last year more than he probably should have been. Um, and even trying to think for other people while now, he could just kind of be on go mode, which was always kind of an idea with him being there, just trying to be aggressive in transition. Take advantage of his one-on-ones and half court. But Cade was the point guard. He was going to run the offense. We're going to really see, and we've really seen Jalen Duran uh, unlock so far. He plays like a, a 1990s UNL V4. He dunks everything. He's th- only three games, but 18 and 15 on the season. Shout out to Basketball Reference. All these stats come from Basketball Reference, if you didn't know. Um, but he's 18 and 15 this year, and I feel like the 15 rebounds might be a little high, but I could see him at 11. 12 rebounds a game. That's how aggressive he plays. But, um, Sir Thompson has fit well so far. As in Stewart has been knocking down his shots badly, has been nice off the bench. Burke is going to bring an offensive punch. He's always been that in his career. He's coming off the bench. He's a veteran. Um, but just to wrap it up, to get back to your question, like, I do think Detroit's kind of been overlooked because people have fell in love with OKC and, oh, you add Chet and, Let's see what they could do. Um, Victor in San Antonio, obviously, like, he has the the whole NBA, including the NBA's social media accounts on the chokeholds. Everybody's thinking about Victor. Um, So, yeah, I can see with those names, Detroit has fallen off. But, really, they should have been the pick to kind of take a step just with leadership as far as coach. And then just the players that they got in nah, there too, surely.
0: and just go back to um, Jalen Durant, who, like you said, he dunks everything, and having like him and K, you know, who knows how long this team is going to be together? I don't, you know, care to look too far into the future, but as far as the present future, I know they're still young. You know, K's in his third year, Jalen's in his second year. This be if both are healthy, this could be that first full year playing together. But do you could see them as being a very formidable pick and roll? Duo, especially with the way Cade is as a playmaker and a scorer, and like I said, J.M. if he's if he can see the rim, even if he's under, it, he's gonna dunk it. Like
1: right. Do you think that kind of should you know they could be one of those top player top duos like that? Right, for sure. And and it's funny because you say you know you they obviously early, so you can't think about them leaving, but just the history of the game is hard to keep. That core together like that, unless you win. That's what made it so different for Golden State. Not to compare nobody to the Warriors, but it's easier to negotiate and argue paying everybody because money's gonna come up at some point. Keeping everyone together when you win a championship. You win a the championship, then yeah, we paying we paying all of them. What Clay want? What Steph on? What we paying them? But if you're not winning, then it's like oh, what you holding on to? And I think that Jalen and Cade are the foundational pieces there. Those are their best two players to me. Um, but I feel like just with how those two play, and they're they're going to be perfect pick and roll because Jalen has a little game where he can get some buckets on his own, but he's much better when Cade is dropping a pass off to him and then he can kind of move on down hill. Even, we even saw him make a few passes like that. Um, but I, I feel like with those two, Ivy and Osar really – Fit their roles with them as well, and even Isaiah Stewart for the moment. But I'm, you know, I'm not as high on him as everyone else. But I get the vision with him there, especially with him shooting the ball. But um, they all fit each other really well, and what they kind of need for this team. Osar being an athlete, I think he's gonna make an impact defensively. Um, then Ivy, like I said, just being the explosive player that he could be, and when his jump shot is going, he's gonna be, he's gonna be nice. But. You know, you start looking at them and you do start thinking long term, how do you keep it together? Um, if they they start winning way too early to, you know, think about it. The two and one to start the season is a good start. But to the original question, I definitely see Jalen Duran and K, that's the foundational piece, that pick and roll that they could do together. Um the decision making K is gonna make and just the aggressiveness that Jalen Duran plays with. Like he's nineteen years old. I don't know if people realize that. Um, I didn't even really I knew that But I didn't really think about it Until it comes to the year I'm like dang He's really only 19 Because when you look at him Like he's a full grown man <laughs> Like when you see him out there Falls But like he's He looks 25 to 30 years old Just with You know You could say he's on the weights He's just naturally a strong dude Um, But Those two Are going to lead to a lot of success In Detroit I think both of them You know I, I, you know, I already think High of Cade I think Cade if Detroit's winning, he could be an all-star this year. But by next year, Cade is an all-star. I think Cade and Paolo, their transition, Paolo, Bancaro, and Orlando, they're, they're all-star by their third, fourth year. I think this is three for Cade. Cade's in his third. This is three for Cade, second. Paolo's two. So Cade could make it this year, but just because of injuries year one and two, I could see him not making it this year and then next year being it. But I can see him in there this year. Oh, sure. I think Jalen Duran. It's really, I think Nick Andre said it first. Shout-out to Nick Andre, but he, wait, you know, I don't give a damn about awards this time of year, but just how Detroit's gonna use him, he's gonna be on the trajectory to be in those most approved conversations, and down the line, he could have some all-star potential. And I, nah. I was hiring him in Memphis. I liked him in Memphis,
0: too. Nah, so. yeah, for sure, for sure. I'm definitely, like say same thing, definitely hiring, could see him in that most approved conversation mm-hmm. as well. So, shout-out to Detroit, you know, two, two, you know, going two straight wins after the opening season loss. <clears throat> excuse me, the Dallas Mavericks have an interesting duo who, you know, enigmatic, exciting, entertaining, all those words you can think of. And, of course, that's Luka and Kyrie Irving. We see what Luka did in game, you know, 49-9-7. and Kyrie had a big opening, had a big fourth quarter in the opening game. They got a couple wins. Dallas is going to be one of those funny teams that people talk about this year because when they're winning – Nobody's going to care because it's still going to be they can't win a championship. And when they lose, it's going to be – when they're losing, It's like, this is what you get, especially when you got Kyrie on your team. Derek Lively looks like he's going to be a good pick-and-roll partner with either Luka or Kyrie in that. Uh, <laughs> my bad, Some baked templates. <laughs> my bad. But, like I say, once again, no early season takes, no prediction on what the season could be. But just as far as now, like say that Kyrie Luca combination, do you think it could be a good combination for you know for the remainder for the rest of this season?
1: I think so. Um, I think with Luca, it's it's like how do you who do you pair Luca with? Because with him, you got to have another elite player. Um, and with a guy that's so ball dominant I like that, it's usually somebody else that can get their own their own bucket, and especially if they can do it efficiently. And you know, Kyrie has been or been close to 50, 40, 90. He can do that, and he also helps him push the pace. I think the problem with Dallas, and it's way too early, and I don't think it's as much of an issue as everybody else think. They're 2-0. and They're the worst 2-0 and team ever, apparently. <laughs> um, but I, I just think it's the coach, first of all. Let's start there. Yeah. I, I, but I think Jason Kidd just isn't the coach that's going to help Dallas win a championship. And it sucks because it's going to take them having to lose – Again, in the playoffs this year, for it to happen, and then it's gonna hear more of the noise about Luca because obviously, they're in the top seed, he's not getting fired during the, during the season. Mark Cuban is a loyal guy, he doesn't just run through coaches like that. Um, at least in my my tripping, but it doesn't seem like he's just nah, ran through coaches,
0: Avery Johnson,
1: Rick Carlisle, Rick Carlisle, Don Nelson. I like might he, have missed somebody, Jason Kidd. Yeah, so he doesn't just run through coaches like that, you know what I mean? So I can see the loyalty there, but I just don't think Jason is going to do it. And I think it's just the, the way that they're playing certain players because you, they're still holding on to – like the first game of the season, Lively has – shout out to Derek Lively and how he's hooping. I like rookies that come in ready to play. He, he's he been spoken of highly through some of the – through the regular season, through playoffs, not the regular season, but through preseason. Everyone has spoken highly to him and how he fits what they need. And they come in the first game of the season where he probably should have been a starter off the rip and he wasn't starting by halftime. He was, in the, he was playing with the starters. And it's like, what did you miss all preseason, all training camp, that he didn't start to start the, the game? And once the game comes, he's immediately in the lineup. He starts the second game of the season. Right. I just think he's holding on to certain players. Like I like Master Keeble. Like I, I understand why he's there. He shouldn't have been starting over lively. I like Tim Hardaway. I don't like Tim Hardaway Jr. I understand why he's, he's there. But you're sitting – they need shooters and athletic role bigs on the court with them. And I don't think Keebler really fit that. And I don't think Tim Hardaway fits. Like, he shoots, but he's still more of a just a – like, Seth is on the team. Seth Curry is – I believe he's first, but he's top five all-time in three-point percentage. And I get the thing with when you got smaller guards, but Luka's such a big guard, it, it could work. I don't see how Seth – like, he really hasn't played. You got Jaden Hardy just sitting over there that's also providing shooting, accuracy with shooting. Not just shooting, making, I should say, because Tim Hardaway be shooting too. But he, he ain't making shoot. all the time. He be <laughs> and he had a decent game in the second game, I believe. I don't know his numbers, but Call whatever. It, it ain't ranks. even just about him. But you need to be playing shooters and athletic bigs with Kyrie and Luka because they're going to be making the majority of the decisions at the end of the day. They're going to play like LeBron and Kyrie in Cleveland. And there you would have had guys out there to defend. You would have had shooting and defense. Like, I like how Grant Williams fits with this team. I don't like the overuse of Derrick Jones Jr. I respect his journey. Uh, I respect not his Not in the not how he's playing. Maybe. Right. Like, like, the other night in uh, the second game against Brooklyn, he started Grant Williams and Derrick Jones Jr. I don't think that should ever be your starting lineup. Not both of them. Because... Derrick Jones Jr. isn't out there to play lockdown defense. And Grant isn't a sniper as a shooter or whatever. But either way, I think they have potential on their roster. I do think there's changes that could be made that could make them better. I think it's other players that should be played. I think it's other rotations that should be used. And I think Jason Kidd just isn't the answer. But I don't think that Kyrie and Luka is the issue because they don't step on each other's toes. They Kyrie pushes Luka to push the pace. Luka pushes Kyrie to be efficient and to be himself to be a closer so they fit each other right. Kyrie works in Dallas. I think he, he's liked Ben in Dallas the fans like him there. He's embraced there I don't think those two are the problem. It's putting the right people around him and maybe it doesn't completely happen this year but I definitely don't think it happens as long as James Kidd is the coach.
0: No, for sure. Like I said, just those pieces around him, because that's Dwight Powell is still on the team. Who still like Dwight Powell. You expect to be a rim runner. A big rim runner. Like, say, Maxi Keebler. Do he, you feel like works. they have the style of players they need as far as supporting players? They just have, I hate to say the worst they version. Better. Yeah, they need like better they versions. Have, they, don't have, they have the, the lowest tier version of the right. role players they need, basically. Because
1: they do need a big that can shoot. Also, because it's not Max cause, cause having lively is good. You got a rim runner big. Like I've never seen Luca throw lives. Like he just throwing it. He just throwing it up there. Like go get it. You do need that big that is going to be able to extend the floors also. But it's not because he's just not consistent enough with it. So you do need somebody that's going to be in that role that's going to shoot thirty six to forty two percent from three on high. You know, three to five a night. And Maxi might shoot three to five a night, but he's going to be more league average. I could be off. Um, but I don't think he's shooting. He ain't, ain't shooting like You it. know, they went for Bertons because they didn't have a 40% three-point shooter like that. Like, if you pull up his stats, he was 40%. No, this is this season. 34, 32, the last two seasons. He was 41 three seasons ago. So, like I said, the last couple of years, that was in 40 games, 50 games. Um, he's going to be more around 34, 32% more league average. They need somebody that's 36 to 40%. And that – because Lively is going to feel, feel that need of scoring in the paint. He's going to be 50 to 60 – he's straight lobs, dunks, Derrick Jordan, uh, DeAndre Jordan, Tyson Chandler. Tyson Chandler is actually assistant coach, and he's been working with him because they said, hey, we see him, you and him. So he's been working with him. Um, so I feel like he's going to feel that role. You need the Maxi Keeler role. You need the Tim Hardaway role. And I get – to end it, I get why you don't necessarily want to just give the Tim Hardaway role to Jaden Hardy or Seth because they're smaller guards, and you already play Kyrie. But I think that the shooting is gonna be worth it, and at the end of the day, Lucas six, eight. So you have a big guard out there, um, Lively. I don't know how tall Lively is, but I think he's between six ten and seven feet. Right. So you you still have some size on the court where it's like. If those guys are shooting at a uh, high level, I would play. I would play. I think they're gonna be better shooters than him. He's seven one, lively. Seven one.
0: Nah, I yeah, gonna I, I'm, I'm. He don't look seven one. I ain't gonna lie. I'm with you though. Like if Luca's on the court, of, you know, of course, if you don't want to play Kyrie, and Seth together. But if it's Luca on the court, Seth should be out there. Then when it's Kyrie, it should be Tim Hardaway. That way, you have that small guard, big guard type of you know combination going. Exactly. Right? I just like I say. Jason Kidd, it's, I know, like, oh, it's two games in the season, two I know, like, you know, Jason Kidd took him to a conference finals a couple years ago. But it's like, Jason Kidd just isn't – he doesn't know how to put lineups together. He plays – sometimes he plays players way longer than he should. Like, uh, game one against San Antonio, I think Tim Hardaway played way too many dead minutes where he was just out there just getting shots up. Like, he'll hit two in a row and then he might miss four. But it feels like he doesn't miss eight because he yeah. shoot it as soon as he gets it.
1: And, and he's not even just rhythm shooting. He's just, he, just, nah, he's he's just, sh- he just be shooting.
0: I get, as soon as he gets the ball in hand, if you see any kind of space he's shooting, which for certain play- some players you walk. But Tim Hardaway is a league average three-point
1: shooter. 35% from three so far this year. 38 last year, 33 the year before. He had a couple 39 years. But
0: Okay, so he's above league average. But th- 33
1: last year. Oh, 33 30, last year. I, I heard 39 and all. So, so no, my bad. He was 38 last year, 33 the year before, 239s, and then every other year he's 34, 35. Like, he had two really good years. But otherwise, he's around a league average shooter, a league average shooter. He's not bringing a ton more defensively. And those two I, years was with Luka, wasn't it? I thought he was much taller than Jaden Harvey, but Tim Hardaway's 6'5", Jaden six 6'4". It's only about a six-pound difference in them. Like, I was would – I think Hardy would be more efficient as a shooter, honestly. I mean, his rookie year, he shot 40% from three. That's You need 40% from three out there with them guys, not 35. And you, I mean, he's 35 now. You hope maybe he can shoot 38 again like he did last year. I would give Jaden Hardy a try. Now, nah, just for the look because you never know what that could. You know, but just... 2-0, so you're not going to be able to. Yeah, right, you know Two and 2 and zero is two and zero. even though Luca taking forty nine, throwing up a one hand shot to, you know, shout to Luca, man. Yeah. So Luca gonna hide a lot of mistakes. No, he got super, super early, but early in the
0: season, like I said, we're only three games in for most teams. But of course, we all seen the basically the low management rule that they say they are gonna try to have in place this year. Where I know for you know if you sit two stars, you got to go in and actually see if they are injured. They did that in Phoenix because Bradley Beal and um, Devin Booker both missed the LA Lakers game, the second game of the season. Seeing Cleveland, Darius Garland, Donovan Mitchell, or Jared Allen didn't play last night. I don't think I don't think Darius Garland or Jared Allen is playing all season. I'm pretty sure no. It's, I'm pretty sure it's only a few, but we already see you know team missing two, three of the best five, six players. Do you like seeing that early in the season? Like, this is the part of the season where you should be fresh. You should be ready to go. Here. I know Bradley Bill a back injury. I don't know why Donovan Mitchell sat out last night. Even, I know we were talking before we recording, you said they're kind of mad at Joel B because they wanted to give him a rest night on back-to-back. But yet, some you know. people
1: were mad at him. They were like, oh, they're going to rest him. And, but he's supposed to play. Uh, you know, recording today is Sunday the 29th. He's supposed to play tonight. I just think it's weird, like, to be hurt at the beginning of the year to get hurt so early into the season, it's like, especially Donovan Mitchell, because he was the one that kind of came out of nowhere. Brad, he sat out a few games in the preseason. He had some injuries from last year. The booker kind of came out of nowhere to me also uh, with his foot injury, but I definitely don't like seeing players already having these little injuries early in the year. Um, in particular, I said it was about I mean, obviously, for Cleveland to be missing Garland, uh, they was missing Garland, Jared Allen, and Spider. That's huge. But excuse me. Um, but like, also like in Phoenix, like the whole idea of this team is around Bradley Beal and Devin Booker. And I don't, I don't mean to say this. I don't know how else to say this, but I don't mean to say this realistically because. You're gonna to have to sit games out and et cetera. It's gonna happen. It's a long season, but if it's any team that can't afford injuries, is Phoenix. Like this team is built to have at least one of y'all on the court at all times. Because when Kevin Durant was off the court the other night uh, against the, like the Utah game, it's Utah game, whatever. Utah's not competing for nothing. When KD wasn't on the court uh, against the Lakers the other day, they could they could not score. They could, like he went out of the game after the first quarter. It was the score was like thirty to. 28, whatever it was, I might get the score off a little bit, but I know Phoenix had 30. When KD came back in the game, the score was like 48, 45 to 35. They scored five points without him on the court. He get back in the game, they took the lead because to get the offense back rolling and not even just from a point of scoring, getting everybody easier buckets and stuff like that. So, um, you know, Joel and B, I, I say I don't think, you know, it's not that he can't play back-to-backs, but the the rested back to back should come in the middle of the season, not at the beginning of the season. And I don't think I don't know if they were ever really planning on resting him. But people saw that it was a back to back. At least just what this is what I saw on Twitter, NBA Twitter, NBA Twitter saw that it was a back to back, and I think people started assuming, oh, he's not going to play because he doesn't always play back to backs. But early in the year, this is when you can play in those games and. You know, shout out to teams and players that wanna think about the long run, but you also gotta think about this season. Like the long run is cool. The future is good. But you really thinking about the future in a sense and I wrap it up here, is kinda of disrespectful because who is no guarantee you're gonna to get to that anyway. You can get you can rest today and get hurt tomorrow. Players go to the championship as rookies and never go back. Players go to the playoffs as rookies and never go back. You really know, ne- never know what's gonna happen. So, if you're available, you should play. Being hurt at the, end, at the beginning of the year is a red flag. And, you know, you just wanna see the players take the game. seriously. if Joel and B can play in back-to-backs,
0: everybody should be playing. <laughs> well, no, cause even, like, just go back. Kawhi's
1: playing, I mean, they, they thought that was a big thing. Like, if people like to harp on the players that are actually hurt, like, Kawhi was hurt. He's healthy, he's playing every game so far this year. And he's not on the minutes restriction or nothing like that, he's out there, so. But back to finish,
0: like say with Devin Booker, who we see why they finished as a four seed last year because him and Chris Paul missed so many games. Right. And they had to make all those games up once they, you know, after the trade deadline and everybody's healthy. You don't want to, like I said, especially a team like finish, just uh, stay with them real quick. Like, right. you don't want to come into the season and two of your three best players have only played one of the games in the first week. Like, Devin Booker That's played right. open tonight, hasn't played since. Bradley Bill hasn't played at all. And especially with Phoenix, who they didn't sign a point guard. Well, not a traditional type point guard, anyway. Like Eric Gordon come off the bench, he's basically the backup point guard. You know, Devin Booker and Bradley Beal is going to start in the front court. And like you said, those KD, you know, those minutes without KD on the court really showed how that's going to be a struggle. Even no matter who's on, like Nurk and Eric Gordon, Nurk and Eric Gordon were still on the court, but they just couldn't manufacture easy buckets because. All the players that can do that are they not on the court right now? I say Devin Book, Bradley Bill was hurt, they out because of the injury. Kevin Durant was out because it was just time for his rotational minutes for him to be out the game. You know, who knows how many games that you know that this trio plays for the rest of the year? For all we know, Devin Booker and Bradley Bill going to play, you know, seventy eight games this year. But do you think that's going to be a constant conversation for the whole year? Not just one where it's like people trying to just you know make fun of the situation, but it's like this is really going to hold y'all back. Like we thought it was going to be, you know, up front defensively and rebound. Like, nah, y'all don't have anybody that can create and orchestrate easy shots once your best playmaker's out of the game.
1: Right, and especially in particular, it's going to help hurt them because they don't have somebody in the second unit. Like the whole idea of this team is them being playmakers and one of them always being on the court, being able to set the team up because they've all averaged five assists or close to five assists. But, so if you don't have one of them on the court, that is going to lack with generating that, Like, you got Eric Gordon running point guard. And at this point in his career, like, you can't – he's not six-man-of-the-year, Eric Gordon. When he can have a decent – I think he had 21 in the last night. He can have those nights. But I saw him struggling to get stuff uh, going against the Lakers. And he needed somebody that could help him get an easy bucket to get going – now he's trying to carry the offense, plus get other people easy buckets. Like, I do like Grayson Allen. He fits in there because he can kind of handle the ball and play, make. He's not necessarily a point guard, but he can do some things. But um I think a player that's on the roster who they're just going to have to expect to step up is good one because he's probably one of the only few um, natural point guards on the team Um But I don't know how many roster spots they got or what they could do. But at some point, they're going to have to play whether it's the buyout market. I'm pretty sure that's what they're going to do. Right, yeah. Whether it's the buyout market or you can get a trade for somebody from a steal. Unless, you know, and I saw some people say they like Jordan Goodwin. I'm not going to act like I really know him. I don't know him. Um, He was in the trade with Bradley Beal. He's averaging nine a game so far this year. If he could play some good minutes for them, and this is how you get paid, they need that position. They need you to they need somebody that can keep some stuff in order. Even when one of them is in court. Be able to play make, be able to create for yourself, be able to create for others. It's an opportunity there for him. Um but if not, they're gonna have to they're gonna have to find somebody that can run the offense. For the yeah, sure. option, and, and I'm pretty yeah. sure that's
0: what they gotta do because that's usually what these teams like that do. They gonna wait to the buyout market or right. wait to see who they can, what veteran they can trade for with some contracts they really don't want on the roster. But
1: and some people thought they may try to play the John Wall card because John Wall worked out in Phoenix a few times. I think, you know, I like John, John Wall. Shout out to John Wall. I think John may be done, um, and I, it's honestly not even worth looking at because I think, like you say, it might be some other options there, but. I don't think that'd be worth going down that road. No, for sure. The Memphis Grizzlies, who
0: early season, we can see where they're missing Jaw already. I'm not gonna lie, Derrick Rose just looked good in the minutes he's playing off the bench. Yep. Of course, everybody's gonna say the same thing. Jared Jackson and Desmond Bain are gonna step up. Cap, but how important? How. Significant, because I think people also forget Steven Adams is going to be out for the season. Like, even when Ja comes back, how significant is that going to be? Because I don't think people are really mentioning that because Steven Adams isn't the all-star, the young player on the team. Like, he just comes in, he does his job, he does all the tough stuff. He makes Jared Jackson's job easier. He makes Ja's John, John, job easier. How important is missing Steven Adams for the year? Like I said, nobody's talking about that really.
1: Yeah, I feel like the Steven Adams thing was such a blow, uh, pause because it was so unexpected. And remember they lost him last year in the playoffs, and mm-hmm. you could see the whole there that he, it was left with him going, even just the leadership with him on the court. Um, and now you don't have that, and that's a pick-and-roll partner. Obviously, he's not – a prolific offensive player, but I always felt like he did his job offensively. Um, You know, he made his shots. When he was supposed to make them, he got off, got off the ball, set good picks. Like, he's never been a shot blocker, but he's you. if you go in the paint, you got to meet him down there. I think that matters. Um You're already missing Brandon Clark, and I think this just forces Jaron Jackson to play center a little more, which theoretically you may say it sounds good that you want him to do. <coughs> Excuse me. But just with his foul issues, this just opens up even more chance of him getting in foul trouble. So 0 3 so far, uh, for Memphis. And you know, you move off of Titus, bring in Marcus Smart. Um But really, I thought that this was a look, man. Shout out to the role players. Team is a team. You win everything with your team. The best players will always give it up to their teammates first because the teammates help things go. But this league is carried by the Giants. It's carried by the Stars. And I don't mean to just take it into straight hoop basketball and get away from the analytics, but in these moments, and it's still early. That 0-3 could be 6-3, and 9-3, and 10-3. They can go on a run. But at these moments, if we talk about players like Jaron Jackson was an all-star last year, Desmond Bain was a borderline all-star, did he get snubbed, is he going to be an all-star this year? This is when you prove it. Like, John's out for 25 games. You got to step your game up. Like, I don't have their stats right in front of me. I can pull it up real quick because I am on basketball reference right now. Shout out to basketball reference again. But everything that they usually do should be more right now. And – I know that's like simple. What what do you mean it should be more? Ja averages about twenty-seven a game, right? Twenty-six, twenty-seven a game. 27. You 27. missing twenty-seven a game. Desmond Bain currently is averaging twenty-four points per game. Jaron Jackson's averaging fifteen. I think Desmond Bain, what was his average last year? 21, 22, 23. I if I pull it up. Uh I'm gonna pull it up real quick. He was twenty-one per game. So I I don't wanna disregard the output of Adding three points per game to your scoring average. That matters. And maybe this is not even the right thing to say, but it's just how I feel, so I'm going to say it. 24 points ain't enough. Not when. <laughs> no, I, but in the context of <laughs> like you're you missing
0: should be 27, a 27 point per game score, yeah. you're absolutely right, especially should, when there's not enough contributing pieces to add to the score. Like, so, for no, example, you, you have a point.
1: That game the other day, like I said, it's Kevin Durant can't compare him right to Kevin Durant, but I'm just giving an example because we're here. Devin Booker and Bradley Beal were both out. Unless they destroyed the Lakers and you run away like you did with Phoenix. I mean, like you did against Utah the other night. Against the Lakers, they wouldn't have stood a chance if KD didn't have at least 30 points. And he goes and gets 39. 39 is just the extra because he's KD. I just feel like the benchmark right now for Bane, if we're having conversations of that next level of this all-star because everybody's getting... All snub from these all-star games And they're getting overlooked This is when you prove it There's no reason Bane isn't averaging 27 to 30 points right now They say, oh, I'm putting a lot on it. Maybe maybe that's what they say he, He's going to be their go-to offensive option Nobody's in his way to score right now He is a prolific shooter So you're going to get more shots You shoot. I think Bane shot like 43% from three last year Something like that He should be shooting more Even that percentage go down Threes need to be going up he should be shooting more shots. Jaren Jackson would be average 15 points. I don't even need to get on his 15 points. I thought that he was at least averaging what he averaged. like It's only three games. But I thought he was at least matching his 16 points. But this is that next level of that player. He's supposed to be able to extend the floor, to post-game, even just aggressive dive to the paints and dunks. 15 points per game from your all-star player while you're missing your franchise best player just is not enough. And too early, too late. I don't care. He should, you came into this year knowing you wasn't having a ja. job. I don't care if I'm overshooting unless we're winning. If we win and play in the Florida game. It's nothing but aggressiveness right now from Bain and Jaron Jackson in particular. And they, they're they showing that it's either not there or they don't got it. It's either not there <laughs> or you don't got it. No, I... And I know when and people. Both of this, these players, I believe, made Jaron Jackson for sure, but I think Bane was in. They both made the top fifty, and this is like why we yeah. say after you get to thirty, y'all, they're all the same yeah. because <clears throat> people start getting interchangeable, and it's like, all right, maybe you should put a rookie ahead of these ahead of them because.
0: No, I but I get what you mean. I know some people are <coughs> here and they say, like you say, Bane's average fourteen. Say Jared Jackson, we especially the first couple games in where it's like, okay, we know what to expect. Well, we know something's like the roster, this is it. So we know we have to do more. I have to ask y'all to do more as a coach as well. And like you say, twenty four would be cool if Jaron Jackson was, you know, hitting you with twenty. With twenty, exactly, right? But because Jaron Jackson only hitting you with fifteen, and after that, I'm pretty sure the next highest is probably like whatever Derrick Rose and Marcus Smart is averaging. I
1: think it's Zaire.
0: Zaire. Okay, my man. He's averaging
1: twelve. But me Memphis, on. Me like I
0: said, I know even when we were
1: doing our no, stuff. No, no, you're right. Marcus Martin is next, 15 points per game, then Zaire. Actually, technically, Marcus Martin is their second leading scorer, 15.3. That's, that's
0: not going and I know, like I say, John's only going to be out the first 25 games, one of the first you know, two games into the season with Memphis. But at some point, y'all have to be game-playing for four deaths to be 25-plus. You have to be game-playing, not just for Jared Jackson to be, uh, you know, highest score numbers. But he also just can't average eight rebounds this year either. Because I think Brad Clark is 6. also on 6.3 so season. far. He's so,
1: getting, yeah. he getting them three blocks, though.
0: Are you gonna get, yeah, he's going to get them
1: three blocks. He's getting them three blocks. <laughs> 15 points and 6.3 <laughs> rebounds. But like, He's going to get that's, three blocks.
0: That 6.3 rebounds isn't going to hold him. And he's yeah. averaging
1: 4.7 fouls per game. But he's going to get three blocks. I, I'm sorry. I don't like Jerry Jackson Jr. as a basketball player. He's not that good to me
0: but, like I said, the first couple games in, it's going to be games, 25 yeah. games without Ja. Right. Two of those games are already down. So, like I said, of course, I know our whole thing when we were doing, you know, our um, off-season podcast episodes, you know, just be 15-10, 14-11. and, 10, 14 and 11. Don't make it have to be such a climb to where there's nothing Ja can do to get y'all a good playoff position when he
1: does come back. And I'm sorry, I made a mistake. Jeremy Jackson didn't average 16 points last year. Average he, average, he averaged 18 last average year. He averaged 18? Last year, yeah. This year he's averaging 15. But he averaged 18.6 last year. My bad. I said 16. So, that's that, was a year, that was the year before. He averaged 16 the year
0: before. That's your progression should be right now, especially with, like, said, you once again, missing a 27-point-per-game score, you should, you know, 20 points per game is the minimum, right? Doable, feasible, and is not something that I can't that a coach can't ask for you, honestly.
1: Yeah, saying that 18.6, my round that, that's 19 points per game. Yeah, you should be averaging. This should be like 22 that a game. That goes to show right
0: how here. much of that playmaking and creation that missing from Jai as well because we always talk about Ja as a scorer, yep. as a high flyer, yep. entertaining. But Jai has been really good playmaking
1: for his teammates as well. So, Some people did assume this it was going to be smoother than, oh, yeah, they had a winning record without Ja. They thought it was going to be smooth sailing, but Jai – this is proving he's you franchise player. And everybody else is role players. for oh, sure. And, but, hey, it's three games. They can go on a run. It's possible to, you know, grind out a couple wins the next couple of games. Who they got coming up. Um, you know, they got Dallas next, Utah, Portland, Portland, Miami. And then Utah again. Those are a couple of games where, you know, Dallas, that could go either way. It could, but more likely you lose to Dallas. You shouldn't because you can't go zero and four. But if you lose to Dallas, you go zero and four. But then having Utah, Portland back to back as the end season tournament starts in the first game with Portland, having Portland back to back and Utah as those next three games it's like, all right, we can get some wins here because Miami they ain't beating Miami how they currently playing. And I honestly, once you go back to you go back to Utah after that, so. How they currently playing? They not mean they not be Miami or Dallas. So you going into this Utah game potentially zero and four if they lose this next game. That's um, not where you want to be at um, to start season. That just messes with team chemistry and things like if that. You can't start the season zero and four. You are gonna have a well, shoot. Bulls, the Bulls had the players only <laughs> meeting after the first game, so it can't get no worse than that.
0: <laughs> so on to the Denver Nuggets, like I said, who've been looking like what a defending championship look like. Oh shit. I know they had to make a couple replacements with Bruce Brown and Jeff Green leaving in the summer, but you still got Jokic, you still got Aaron Gordon, you still got basically that core of that team: Jamal Murray, Michael Porter Jr., um, Jokic, then the add-ons to that core: Aaron Gordon, Kentavious Caldwell-Pope, Reggie Jackson looking like a great backup point guard right now. Once again, first only first couple games in the season, I don't think there's no take you can give for denver where it's like oh that's crazy unless you're saying they don't make the playoffs or so they get put out before the championship but do you see denver kind of starting off this season smooth sailing I don't, i'm not gonna say 20 15-0 nothing like that but do you think they win these first couple games and then going to the in-season uh, tournament and kind of keep that momentum going from there
1: yeah i think denver like and i like uh I said it earlier, I was watching the game, they beat OKC today. Really disappointed in how OKC showed up. But um, I like uh, White, Watson. I think he's a good, he feels kind of that role you miss with, uh, uh, I should call him Draymond Green, Jeff Green. But I definitely think they can go on the run, you know, at least to start the season, because they seem like, they still, to start the year with nobody hurt, nobody rehabbing, even, hurts, especially right? coming off the championship. Like, yeah, you missed. You miss Bruce Brown, but the other Brown, I can't remember his first yeah, name. Boy. Yeah, uh, from Kansas, you know, he's at least ready to fill that role uh, and step up and get more minutes. If he can knock down shots like Bruce learned, which Bruce had to work on his shot too, um, if he can knock down them shots, it's a perfect fit there. Um, and then, like I said, Watson can get some of those Jeff Green minutes. Other than that, to keep your core intact, everybody's healthy, I, th- I would, you know, definitely, you know, just looking at their first couple games, they won their against OKC to put them at 3-0. and They got Utah coming up, Minnesota, Dallas, Chicago, Pelicans, Golden State, Houston. They probably don't get challenged until the, the Pelicans maybe. Right, and I mean, the best chance is Dallas. You know, Dallas yeah, cause no, Dallas, because you, got, right you got Luka and Kyrie. Either one one them can go off for 50, so you can't deny that, but – you know, I respect the Pelicans because Zion and Brandon Ingram are a formidable duo. They're hooping. Brandon Ingram went crazy the other night. Zion looks healthy. I still think they will handle business there. Um, like, you looking at them really, because I don't even think Golden State could do nothing with them right now. Um, just with how Jokic is playing, maybe once you get to the Clippers, but how their season is starting off. Like I said, just they won today against OKC, Utah, Minnesota, Dallas, Chicago, Pelicans, Warriors, Houston, Clippers, Pelicans again, Cleveland, Detroit, Orlando, Houston, Spurs. Like when are they losing? <laughs> we can go into they're probably gonna lose. Right, for sure. Way too extreme. Way too extreme. But they could go into December without a loss. <laughs> like you, you obviously Phoenix is, Phoenix is December first. Clippers are going to challenge them. You get the Clippers twice. You're not just walking through the Clippers. Clippers are going to challenge them. Golden State is going to challenge them. Steph can go off of 50. Dallas, they got two people that can go off of 50. You get the Pelicans twice, young team, et cetera, et cetera. Not really worried about Cleveland. Not really worried about Detroit. Not worried about Houston or Orlando. Not worried about the Spurs, even though I can't wait to see them play. Um, I can't wait to see a Victor guards. After seeing check guard. Jokic today and everything we, everything that every everyone who didn't like Chet brought up and everything that everyone who did like Chet try to defend what's gonna happen when you gotta guard Jokic and B. like I saw it in action today and Jokic had twenty two and nine at halftime <laughs> like Chet couldn't do nothing with him so I'm I'm wondering is Victor gonna guard him or is Zach gonna guard him or whatever but it's really not it's, it's a couple games to worry about but you're looking at going into December easier with. No losses, so maybe two, maybe three losses. Three at most, um, unless, you know, they just lay down on some games. Maybe spider goes off or whatever. But I think they could start the season really well. And then even when you get into December, Sacramento, Atlanta, Chicago, Brooklyn. Like Somebody Denver can losing be – December <laughs> If Denver is really real about competing, this is a good chance to show it because – I'm just looking at their schedule, especially as they're playing so many teams in the East and stuff like that. And I'm like, Denver could be going into Christmas looking good with you no know, less than five losses. And how rare, how often, I mean, do you bring back your t- Like, it matters that they lost Bruce Brown. He dropped 20 his first game, only when he had a second game. But you dropped 20 that first game. It matters that you lost Bruce Brown. Jeff Green, yeah, he was a rotational player, but shout out to Uncle Jeff. He's at the end. They brought their team back, though. They brought the champion, the people that won that championship, back. When's the last time that like really helped? Uh, you know, you go to the Warriors teams. But the last time it happened would be those teams, and they were going back-to-back. So, But it started with them rolling in the regular season. People still want to overlook the regular season, but building these habits now, winning now, making winning matter now, helps in the end so I'm interested to see how dominant Denver really want to be they they have already done I don't care about Denver talking day ish especially to the Lakers since they won I think the Lakers need to shut up and beat them like y'all not the ones to cry about it I don't like the little dynasty talks yet because I have heard them out there they've put them out there and it's like the dynasties isn't even just about winning championships the dynasties also come within the domination which comes in the regular season having top seeds, going on these wins. Like, the Heat was won 30 straight. The Bulls won. Warriors won. It's part of it. And they had a good run run in the playoffs. But the pure dynasties have domination. And that's regular season and playoffs. And I, I think they're in a really good spot to do that. Everybody being healthy. Nobody's up over the hill. MVP in his prime. Jamal Murray, fresh form. He's back. Aaron Gordon is the best version of Aaron Gordon. KCP, shout out to KCP, Metro Atlanta. You got to have us in there if you want to win. Um, respected coach, veteran coach. Let's see if they going to run. They're they gonna be a historic team, or was it just a year? Nah, for sure. And like you say, they bring a
0: lot. Of, <coughs> you know, the main, a lot of the main pieces back from that championship team. And one of those uh, players, of course, is Michael Porter Jr. Who. He's, he already signed like one, he's already signed a rookie extension with the team already. Um, of course, we've seen him up his game defensively in the playoffs. We see how well he fits with this team. But everybody kind of has the same vision of Michael Porter, even if it's not a league leading score. It's being a offensive like one, first one-two option in on a team. Michael Porter Jr. is in a rare position that you don't really see young players in. And, of course, I don't want to go too far into the future because who knows what could happen. In between those years, but just pure fun. I know we talked about this earlier, but just pure, pure fun speculation. If Denver wins another championship, because Michael Porter isn't in his offensive prime yet, he's basically a spot up shooter. What you do off the dribble, but it's not like they run an offense through him to score. If the Denver, if Denver is successful in repeating, and now it's t- kind of that time for all right, what we gonna do? You know, what Michael Porter Jr. gonna do? Could you see Michael Porter Jr. not necessarily requesting a trade to leave, but alright, I got a couple championships, now I want to go ahead and see what I can do as an individual. And do you think there's anything even wrong with that? Because I know a lot of people, like, oh, you might not win another championship. Like, I got two already, and I'm contributing. If they win this year, and I'm contributing. Would you just like to see him, like, right, maybe I can be this 26,
1: you know, a night kind of player? I think it's there for him to do, and especially, like, winning early gives you those options, honestly. And I respect Michael Porter how he's become a team guy which uh, when you were to consensus number one player like hit where he was drafted in the draft when G when medical staffs the Clippers in particular were saying he was never gonna play a game in the NBA and still to go in the lottery was all because everyone knew without a doubt if he was healthy he'd been a number one pick and you we've already seen the flashes of it in the NBA, like averaging 19, in his third year in the league, on the best shooting percentage, one of the top shooting percentages. I think it was like some Will Chamberlain type numbers, and you know at the top of the league as a perimeter player. So I think winning early gives him the options of trying to because he's 25. Uh, his current deal runs about four more years. Uh, if you include this year, his deal's up 26, 27. Um, I don't know if he has an early option or nothing like that. But, uh, yeah, they don't say he has no options. So, shout out to basketball reference. You win another championship, you've gotten paid because, you know, I ain't, I ain't putting his money out there. Y'all can go look it up if y'all want to. But when he getting paid, he getting paid. Like, you can see the numbers. He getting paid. You getting paid. If you win again, I think that's where, for a player like him, it starts coming down to decisions about where you want to see your career go, what role you want to continue to go at. Because, like I said, 25. So you have to attack that other role while it can still be fresh on people's mind. Because when that deal is up in 26, 27, now you're 28, 29. If you want to see if you could be a 20-point-per-game scorer, contributor, one or two option, and worst, number two option, because I know what some people think. You stick around in Denver, and maybe it happens. You, you're you never going to be – never say never, but you're never going to be more than the third option because Jamal Murray and Jokic aren't just these old-ass players. They're – I don't have their ages right in front of me, but I would guess that they're both under 30, right? Yeah, they should both be under 30. They're both under 30. so um, Jokic is 28 which means Jamal Murray is like 26, 25, something like that. So they're both under 30. So if you don't strike now to take that opportunity, not now, but if you win again this year theoretically, you win again this year, and then you come into next year and you look into your deal, finally get into the lower years, you can maybe get traded or whatever, you have to look at the opportunity for yourself if it's something you really want to consider. It's also the other side. Maybe you just really fall in love with winning these championships. I'm going to ride it to the wheels, fall off, and that's cool too. But I know a team is going to try to entice them also. Like, hey, come over here. Especially when the extensions start coming up. And since he's already gotten paid so much, like, you're going to want a bigger deal also. So when it starts coming down to your numbers and what you're getting paid, even though you've already gotten paid people getting 200s, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if you wanted a 200. It may be out there to get somewhere else. And I think somebody would... Him not. If he's especially if he stay healthy. I think somebody will look at the opportunity. Who? I don't know. it would probably already be somebody probably with a lead guard. But somebody's gonna look for a win score. It's kinda like in the situation that Jeremiah Grant was in. And now he's gonna get twenty point per game score for the rest of his career. Twenty point per game score money for the rest of his career. No, which right we saw it. this summer. I mean, he just bagged another for thirty plus this summer. So
0: Like I say, this is Uh, a Jeremy Grant trying to predict the future. uh, Break Denver's team up now. Like I say, they still got to go through the season. Say, who knows if they do repeat? It's just one of those fun situations because it seems like do you like Michael Finley for it? I use Michael Finley for example. Young player, he was on those good Dallas teams, but you know he was a scorer. He was getting his numbers All Star a couple times, but then when it was kind of you know ready, I I kind of want a champion. We see him go to San Antonio in his career, he get a championship like I said, it's kind of being in the reverse and you don't really see, you don't really see players having a chance because you usually don't come into situations like this as it, he was a lottery pick as well. Like, you usually don't come in that type of situation. I just think it will be a fun idea. Like
1: I even saw Jordan Poole said that, uh, right, Jordan I already don't want my championship. I contributed to the champion, to winning the championship. Obviously, I want to win again, but this is my opportunity to explore what my career, am I a all-star? I mean, you don't know until you got the opportunity to see, Right. No, nah, for sure. So, yeah, so he, he was lucky enough to get traded and get that opportunity. Um, So, who who knows? It, you could be looking at the same thing. And I I definitely think as a one or two option, Michael Porter will average 20 points per game, at least 20. How successful that team, hey, Mike could use him in Washington. Swap him out with Kuzma. I don't think Denver will want corner Kuzma. That's <laughs> apparently his nickname.
0: No, I, I definitely get what you mean. Um, before we get out of here, I want to talk about, um, of course, our hometown. Atlanta Hawks, who've gotten off the season to a rough start. Trey Young, not shooting, best, not shooting as best as he could. Jalen Johnson looks great in the role he's been provided to play this year. DeAndre Hunter looks healthy so far. So, they haven't came away with the victory yet. Do you like the changes you've seen Quint Snyder make, or you just want to see the season progress and you actually want to see? These players being who they are supposed to be already. Trey Young is already supposed to be an all-star all NBA player. Like you just wanna see the consistency now and win it. Like, uh, who was the Knicks game? It seems like Trey Young has kind of reverted to some of those bad defensive habits, trying to take bad charges, one on the wing, one in the middle of the paint where like you don't have to do that. Like, do you wanna see the difference in the Hawks this year than from the previous seasons? Because like, I don't think that's happening yet.
1: Like, I I do like that, which it only made sense once you trade John Collins. You need that. They clearly didn't want that position being a player that made decisions. You're going to shoot open corner threes. You're going to run the floor. You're going to catch lives. And John Collins averaged 21-12 and that year, and he wanted the opportunity to do more. It's funny when I hear people talk, some people talk about him, and they say what he lacked or what he wasn't doing. It's because the offense changed where that wasn't what it was about. It wasn't about ball movement and people touching the ball. It was more about like him sending picks and just diving and not being a rhythm player. Not saying that that's what he's going to be in Utah, but he was that that year when he averaged 21. But Jalen fits more of a he's just going to be athletic, he's going to dunk, catch some you know, picks, and dive to the basket running transition. But I like that he is stepping up and he's playing pretty well. I like that DeAndre Hunter, you know, he's looked pretty good so far. Honestly, I think the problem that comes with this team, and I'm not even just going to put it on Trey. I'm going to put it on Trey and DeJounte. I just don't think those two are the – it's crazy, Trey's averaging 10.5 assists. So, it sounds – to someone averaging 10.5 assists, it would almost sound blasphemous to say. But I just don't like them two as the best two decision makers. And I, I think they should have moved on from one of them this summer. This summer I probably would have said DeJounte, but I'm saying right now. I think they should have moved on from one of them, either one. I don't care which one. They should have moved on from one of them this summer. Um, Trey has the reputation of a shooter, but he's never shot 40% from three. I think he shot
0: 40 last year.
1: Did he shoot 40? That was definitely a career high for him if he if he shot 40% from three. I'm on basketball reference. i pull it up real quick. Last season, no, 33% from three last season, 38 the year before. Trey has never shot 40% from three. So he gets this reputation of this sniper because he'll shoot deep threes, but he he really takes some he takes shots in some of the worst times, honestly. Um, and Dejounte does the same thing, and neither are one of them. trades prolific offensively because he's gonna take the shots, but as far as his decision making, mixed with the fact that Dejounte he can average twenty, but he's really not prolific as a scorer. Like he's not a twenty-five point per game. I'm not gonna lie.
0: That year, he almost added a triple double in San Antonio, and I hate to say stuff like this because it makes it sound like I'm down talking to him, but who else was gonna do what he was doing on that team? Right,
1: well, like, I respect him as an 18. I can no, because absolutely. with his size, I can see him as 18, 18, seven, 18, eight and seven. He, I can see him as that guy. He rebounded. He, when he was there, and just with longer shots, guards are naturally rebounding more and by design to push the pace. Um, and then he averaged like six or seven. So it's like he can make decisions. They don't need two point guards. DeJounte's a point guard. Trey is a point guard. They don't need two point guards out there. They don't make the best decisions for everybody else and for each other. They can't do the Kyrie and Luka your turn, my turn. They both. You both have to – if, if you're going to play that kind of offense with two guards, they both have to be prolific. One of these got – first of all, Kyrie and Luka have both averaged 27. DeJounte's career high is 20. 21. 21. His career high is 21. He's not a 25-point-per-game scorer. So, when you're dependent on that so much, that's what you need. I think they need to just blow that. Just do it now. Let's not figure it out. And DeJounte signed a deal, so I don't know how long it'll be available. But I, I just think as long as that is the core of the team, it's just not going to work. Honestly. And Quinn's team historically haven't even had that type of thing. But – I think everyone assumed DeJounte could play point and Trey could be catch and shoot, but he's really not a catch and shoot shooter, honestly. He, he's going to take up shots. He's going to put up shots. But I think they need a defensive shooting guard. Um, Like, honestly, a Kevin Herter type works better. Uh, even just starting Bogdanovich, but you're not going to move DeJounte to the bench. But I don't think that pairing is going to work. I don't think it's a good fit. And I, I, think, think I think that core has been a problem. We ain't got to get into Capella being done, or Congo being overrated. I think the, at the core, at the basic, the core of Trey Young and DeJounte Murray is not a winning formula. And you know what? I'm, I'm ready to decide that after a full season last year and two games in this year, I don't want to see it no more. And you know what? Uh, I didn't even think about the
0: part, like, to say you're going to have two point guards like that. They do, like, they have to be both really prolific playmakers pro, like, at the same prolific. time. Like, when they brought DeJounte Murray in, it was off a of 21-9 season. Right. But, like, Luka and Kyrie are both easily average 28 this year. Then you you can throw nine assists with Luka and a hell another five to seven from Kyrie. Whereas we know it's a good chance Trey Young averages twenty eight and eight this year. He did it last year, he did it the year before. It's a good chance he does that. But if DeJounte Murray offense gonna carry enough to where it's like we can uplift the other three players on the court at all times. So right. DeAndre e. Hunter's job is easier, Jalen Johnson's job is easier, Clay Capella's job is easier. I think that's a fair criticism because DeJounte Murray hasn't shown that he's that type of score. Like, we know he's a defender. I don't know if he a defender anymore. I don't know. But He's never showed that potential to be that type of scorer,
1: honestly. Yeah, never. And he's not that type of shooter. Like I said, he can average, he can average 20. He's a 20-point-per-game scorer for sure. He can average 20. But when you go on with that type of offense, both of them guys got to be 25 a game unless you have a third person that's also averaging 20, 18 to 20. Like even the idea of the Phoenix thing, Bradley Beal, Kevin Durant, uh, Devin Booker, they've all averaged over 25 a game. It, it don't work when you relying on both of them. Even the different positions, but relying on Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum, they're 27 and 30. The year that the Bulls were winning and they had Lonzo, DeMar and Zach both averaged 25. When you're relying on two people like that, they both got to be 25. Yeah.
0: Right. They got to at least have, gotta be happy. They got to be. At least a third to a half of the team scoring out for that. Jante's
1: really probably like a third option, maybe a fourth option. And is probably the second option. But they're running one two.
0: Nah, for sure. But other than that, you got anything else for this episode?
1: Uh not nah, other than that, you no, know, just excited for the season so far. It's been you know, some really good games so far. I uh really enjoyed the O K C well. I like seeing Chet offensively provide because he was getting destroyed defensively and just watching Jokic play offensively. Um, saw LeBron, KD for the first time in five years. KD finally got his standing ovation in San Francisco because he went back there for the first time. He also just passed Hakeem Olajuwon and I was looking at the numbers. He's still a ways away from Melo. But he should, he's definitely going to be top 10 by the end of this year, maybe ninth all-time in scoring by the end of this year. Definitely top 10, though. Elvin Hayes is up next. Um, I can't remember who was after Elvin Hayes or ahead of Elvin Hayes. But uh, So that's, you know, that's cool to see that we're going to see some history. If James Harden ever plays, which is – I hate to end it um, or to bring something up like this, but I was just thinking about it the other day when I saw the stat. It's so crazy that this is happening during this year. Do you know that James Harden is on pace to pass Ray Allen this year to be second all time in threes? Like that's what we should be talking about for his season, him becoming the second all time leader in three pointers made, and competing for a championship. <clears throat> now we're wondering if he's even gonna play, or when he's gonna play. I mean, so, but the season's been good overall so far. We we seen our first looks of Victor. He's been okay. I ain't want um, to get into that. I was going out. Again. Yeah, it ain't much to talk about. Honestly, you know how they've been. We know they ain't been much to talk about. They, the timeline ain't just been flooded. Even with the last game, he hit twenty one. It ain't just been flooded with the leagues in trouble, scary hours, generational, the alien. I'm glad that. Not glad because I want to see the players be successful. But I like seeing everyone be humbled in these situations when they come in at like these aren't the best players that we've ever seen and you're not just dropping somebody in. That's why the special ones are really special. And he's been good. But and I think at some point he's going to hit a stride and he's going to go on a run and make 20 points because I think they're going to get him closer on the inside. They're going to get somebody that can pass him the ball. Um, But I like when people are humbled and they think that players are just going to come in here and just going to take over the league. they were a top pick and this guy's stupid athletic and this guy's super tall and it's like man you gotta appreciate where you're coming from i know that everybody loves victor but as i my favorite thing to say right now is he's playing for a franchise that had a rookie that made all nba first team they done seen greatness before so you know he gotta still prove it not just be a tall player um but all rookies had a tough first game. Now, I'm heavy on Scoop. Scoop had like four turnovers. Like go for 5 or something like that. Yeah, 11 points. He had a tough first game. And I think he's going to bounce back and have a good second game. Chet had a tough first game. Bounced back two good games in a row. Double-doubles, back-to-backs. Had seven blocks the other day. So, shout-out to them taking their lumps and realizing that, dang, the league is real, but then coming back and hooping. But, uh, no, nah, it's just been cool that the season has been started playing tournament I mean playing excuse me in-season tournament should be starting real soon so let's see how serious they take that shout out to the Off the Ball Network as like you said before we did we unveiled our top 50s list voted on by everyone at the network so shout out to that that was dope to do Um, NBA Spaces from Off the Ball Network hosted by the Hoopers on Friday so we'll catch y'all next Friday if you missed this past Friday it was a good one we just finished off the top 50 but we really get into the bag a little more next Friday. Um, I know you'll find us anywhere podcasts are available through your Google. Search the Hoopers Pod at Hoopers Pod on Twitter. Uh, AA at gmail.com. Send that over. That's for the ads. Shout out to Basketball Reference again. Shout out to Betterlytics, official better network for uh, off the ball network. Um, yeah, that's all I got.
0: Hey. Right, with that being said, I'm John W. Fresh X. And this was the Hoopers Pod.